What's going on, guys? It's Jay Jones. Uh, welcome to Ask Jay Live, episode number 16. Uh, today, we're going to go a little deep, guys. We're going to talk about some serious stuff right now. Um, but we're going to do a uh, uh, just a little intro before we get to the actual topic. Today, we're going to talk about stop being a super consumer and be a producer. Stop being a super consumer and be a producer. And before we get to the today's show, guys, I want to thank everybody who's listening. Uh, just a little um, housekeeping here. Make sure you guys check out uh, my other podcast, BlackEntrepreneurBlueprint.com. Uh, we've been rocking over there for over seven plus years, 397 plus episodes. Also, make sure you subscribe to that. And also the BEB newsletter that comes out every Monday and every Thursday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And what it does, it has show notes from Black Entrepreneur Blueprint, and it also has links to Ask Jay Live. So today we're going to talk about being a super consumer. And in the show notes, <coughs> excuse me, I started talking about the American dream. And so the American dream was literally built on the uh, backs of, of black folk uh, due to slavery and that time, at that time, we were the actual product. Slaves were the product. We were bought and sold just like chattel. And now it's unfortunate, but we become the super consumers. And now uh, and we're consuming everybody else's products. So we've always been, unfortunately, uh, a super consumer. And that's something that's been taught uh, throughout history. Uh, unfortunately, once again, uh, consumerism in, and I'm going to give you guys some stats, consumerism in the black community is quite ridiculous when it comes to the percentage of people that we make up versus how much we spend on certain things. I was just doing some research for the show, <coughs> excuse me, and um, if you guys want to want to jump in after I finish pontificating or whatever for a couple of minutes uh hit the phone icon on the bottom right to join the caller queue and then you can hit the mic to unmute yourself um but just to give you guys some stats when it comes to black com consumerism um the u.s black consumer market report but this is talking about uh i believe it's 20 uh 2020 uh i'm sorry 2021 uh, black Americans spend $51,639 annually on household consumer expenditures. There's been an overall increase in spending for select categories such as apparel and footwear, entertainment supplies, TV, telephone, and radio. And then they go ahead and break it down. So what's going on is we spend an, an, an exorbitant amount based on our 12.4% uh, of the U.S. population, we just spend an inordinate amount on certain things. And so, for example, um, they talk about um, black households in the U.S. average spend around $38,653 a year in retail categories. Within that, 1947 is spent annually on apparel and apparel-related services. So they're saying that some apparel subcategories, uh, we spend more than the national average. And here's something that that I kind of figured apparel for children under two years old, right? Infant coats, jackets, snowsuits, infant nightwear, loungewear, boys, girls, women's and men's footwear, boys, sleepwear, shirts, pants, sweaters, coats, jackets, and adult footwear. One of the things I talked about, I had seen an, an IG post and it was a little kid that had on Gucci sneakers. The kid couldn't have been more than five or six months old. I didn't know they made Gucci sneakers this this little. Gucci outfit, and he was dressed up like his dad. And anybody who has kids, y'all know when your kids are little, they grow like every day. So the clothes that you buy them may, may only be suitable for these jokers, man, for, you know, a month or two months or whatever. And I just started looking at that, and I was like, my God, this is – um." It's, it's really, to be quite honest, to me, it's insane, right? It's insane to spend that type of money on something just to make your kid, quote unquote, look good. Once again, it's aspirational thinking. We're trying to aspire and let everybody know, hey, uh, we have money when real wealth doesn't even act like that. 
And so this is some of the things, man, that we have to really focus on in terms of being a consumer. Now, we all are going to be consumers because we have to we have to eat, we have to live, we need clothing. So we're all going to be consumers, but we need to focus on balancing out that consumerism or what I call the super consumer. And you do that, <coughs> excuse me, by being a producer. Uh, I was reading another article uh, about the uh, the amount of money that we spend. All right, here's some stats I want to show you real quick. Uh, let me just find this here. All right. Oh, hair care, right? So we spend an inordinate amount on certain things. Uh, luxury clothing, hair care, automobiles, and sneakers. An inordinate amount um, based on our percentage of the U.S. population. And so when we talk about consumerism, we're really talking about how do we spend our dollars. And, and I, I, I want to let you guys know that there's a way to weaponize your dollars. And weapons can be used for offense and defense, right? So you can defend yourself, right, with weapons, or you can go on the offensive. And I think when you're spending all this money on these designer brands that don't care about you, I think that's one of the dumbest things we can continue to do. But because we've been brainwashed, and we don't even really understand that what we're doing. I think some people haven't got to that point of enlightenment yet where they understand what they're really doing and what they're really spending on. Wealthy people don't go around wearing their assets on their back or on their wrist or on their feet. They have it in real estate, stocks and bonds and business ownership. So when we start to flash and all of that good stuff, it's it's not it. it it really doesn't do anything. What it really does to me, and I tell you, I'm, uh, we all family. Hello? What? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I hit you. You on there, Martin? Yes. Oh, okay. All right. You can go ahead and talk. I'm sorry. No, no, you're talking to talk. So okay. Sorry. All right. No problem. I'm gonna put you back in the uh, in the waiting queue. All right. Okay. Gotcha. All right. So cool. Um, bear with me one second. Uh, back. Yeah. So when you guys are ready to speak, like I said, hit the phone icon in the bottom right. You join the caller queue, then you can hit the unmute. But but what it really shows is that um, real people, wealthy people are laughing at you. Nobody else, no other ethnicity does this nonsense, cooning and buffooning. Stacks of money. I just saw something on Instagram the other day. Dude was a rapper. I don't even know who this cat was. Um, somebody said, yo, you should sign this guy. He got a stack of money up to his ear. And walking around looking real stupid, not saying nothing, nothing positive at all. Right. And when we do that, I'm telling you guys, people are laughing at us. Real wealthy people are like, look at these, look at these cats that over here cooning and buffooning. And the problem is that I, I think because of systemic racism and what we've endured through these 400 plus years, when we get to a certain point, it's almost like we need to let everybody know by our consumerism, being a super consumer, that, hey, we've made it. When really you shouldn't even care what another man or woman thinks about you. As long as you got your stuff in order, who cares what it is? It, and I always talk about what it looks like and what it really is. So it can look like you're doing great on the outside. You got your Gucci's on or you got your red bottoms on, you out, you got a fly car, you out spending money at restaurants. And your electric bill is, is two months down. It's about to get shut off. So you're looking good, but you're really not good. And that's where the consumerism needs to come into play, where we can weaponize our dollars, take the dollars away from entities and businesses and people that don't care about you, don't respect you, or aren't going to do anything for your community and funnel those dollars into uh, back into the black community by making a, you know, a concerted effort to find and support those black-owned businesses. What does Gucci do for the community? Nothing. They may have a, a collab with Gucci Mane or whatever, but that's one person. What does, what does Polo do for the community? What does Louboutin do for the community? Nothing. But once again, the super consumer that we've been trained to become, we have to go out and buy it. I looked at, and I, I was talking to, I think it was Emir last week or, or whatever. I think it was last week. And we were talking about the uh, Richard Mill or Richard Mill, whatever those watches. They look like Swatch watches to me. You know, then I just did a post last week. You had uh, 
uh, my man Fat Joe buying a four million dollar watch. What kind of stupidity and nonsense is that? You know what I mean? You know what you could do with four million dollars for the community. But yet now, once again, he has money. He's rich. I don't know if he's wealthy, but he's rich. And if he can afford it, that's fine. But in real life, that makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. It's not an asset. I know some people trade Rolex watches and all of that, you know, buy and sell Rolex watch. That's cool. Who's going to buy that $4 million watch that probably costs probably 10000 a 100000 at the max to make and then market it up? And it, to me right now, I just, and the older I get and the more clearly that I see, the more that this bothers me in terms of what we're really focusing on as a people. And what we need to focus on is building assets and becoming producers. You know, I listened to Dr. Claude Anderson. He had a, a tape out not long ago, and he talked about um, the only thing black people produce is sweat, <laughs> Right. We ain't producing nothing else. We're not producing toothpicks. We're not producing paper towels. We're not producing anything. We're producing sweat. And what does that get you? Nothing. So we got to start focusing on being producers. And, and, and it doesn't matter what it is, guys. I, I always tell, used to tell my kids when they were little, my girls, business isn't always sexy. You see stuff on about these corporations and, oh, you know, they're jet setting, flying around here, <coughs> excuse me, all over the world. Business isn't always sexy. You look at a lot of, 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 of high end companies, manufacturing companies. They're not sexy. When I was a, a stockbroker at Merrill Lynch, one of my largest clients owned a hanger manufacturing company. He made wood hangers and wire hangers, coat hangers, probably was worth close to 250 to 300 million dollars unassuming, uh, older white dude. He probably was in his 50s, drove a regular car. Uh, I've been to his house on many occasions, a decent house, but nothing crazy. And he, you would never know that he was that rich. Matter of fact, I actually, the way I actually connected with him <coughs> back in the day, we used to have offices in, uh, in Sears stores. I'm sorry, I was at Dean Witter then, which was owned by Sears. We used to have to go man a, a brokerage office inside a mall. So a lot of times in the Sears stores, we would have a Dean Witter office for people that wanted to cash in stock or whatever. And he, this guy, multimillionaire, was literally in the mall, and he wanted to cash in some stock that he had from General Electric. Got to talking, and that's how he became, uh, became my client. But literally, I've been to his manufacturing facility. It's an old warehouse. And he's producing hangers and he's selling these hangers to all your major retailers, you know, uh, Lord and Taylor, uh, Macy's, you know, all the all the major retailers, Kmart, Walmart, when Kmart was in business. And that was his business. It doesn't have to be sexy. I think nowadays with the advent of social media guys and you see people, quote unquote, living their best life. A lot of that is, is garbage, is, is BS. Right. And we all know that. But I think sometimes when we see that, we have some uh, distorted perceptions of, of what making it is because making it on the gram or on social media is all about consumerism. It's about what you're driving, what you're wearing, uh, you know, who you're hanging with. It's always about that when I think the focus needs to be in the production of products and or services. And until we get to the point of being or thinking more producer first than consumer so we can balance that out, then we're always going to be sitting in a situation where the American dream is going to be made off of our backs. We literally built the American dream during slavery, and now we've just transcended as opposed to being physical slaves. We're now consumer slaves, super consumers. That's exactly what we are. Three. I was just reading another article for this, and they were just talking about, I think it's our spending power now is $1.6 trillion or whatever. Uh, but once again, it's not aggregated. So we're going to continue to spend uh, with anybody that we see fit as opposed to focusing our dollars on black-owned black, uh, black -owned businesses. Uh, the last statistic, it looks like we're getting a little better. The last statistic I just saw Black folks spend now three cents of every dollar uh, on a black owned business versus two cents of every dollar. So we made a little progress 
in that respect, but very little. And I just think that we have to move from that consumerism, uh, the consumerism mindset to the producer. And if you ever watch TV, I know a lot of people are cord cutters. I, I cut my cords, too. But just start watching the commercials and the images that you get based on the TV shows that you that you watch when you're watching a black show. Right. I guarantee you, if it's a white dominated show that a lot of black people don't watch, you're never going to see a check cashing commercial. Right. You're never going to see Montel Williams on there talking about this check cashing business. You're never going to see Russell Simmons talking about the rush card. You're never going to see uh, all types of different commercials because they're marketing to you. And here's the craziest thing, guys. They're not even really trying very hard to market to you because I think less than 10% of all advertising dollars are actually geared toward African-Americans, black folks. The problem is we're going to catch on or latch on to something, even though they're not marketing to us like Tim's right. Timberlands, right. They didn't go out there and start marketing to black folk. Somebody start wearing Tim's It caught on boom. Now, everybody's wearing Tim's. Tim's probably didn't even want your money, but they'll take it. You know, uh, Gucci, they don't really want your money, but they'll take it. Y'all see what Jim Jones was in there acting silly because they wouldn't take his money, and he stayed in there long enough so he could give them the money. Come on, man. If they don't want your money, why are you giving it to them? The reason you're doing that is because your head is messed up. You're, You're a consumer, a super consumer. I remember years ago, they used to call black, black teenagers, black boys, super predators. Now we're super consumers because we think having good products and services or name brand stuff validates us in terms of being worthy, being worthy of. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing good, man. I'm I'm driving the Benz. You know, I got this on. I got Gucci's. I got. I got sunglasses that, you know, Gucci sunglasses that cost $750 with no medicine in the, in the, in the lenses. I'm just, I'm just flashing. Stupidity. Nobody else does that. Nobody else does that. We're cooning and buffooning, and they're going to continue to start sell, keep selling us this crap until we start weaponizing our dollars, man. I'm getting high blood pressure thinking about this thing, man. Just talking about it because we have to start being more intentional, okay? So what are some of the things that we can do, you know, as super consumers to move over to the producer side of the equation to help balance things out, all right? Number one, which I always talk about on Black Entrepreneur Blueprint, is, you know, if you don't have a business, support black-owned businesses, okay? Make a concerted effort because we unconsciously just make buying decisions based on the fact of how we normally operate. And we have to change that mindset and start thinking black buy black first, then go out and buy something else. You're not going to be able to buy black everything. So, you know, you're going to be spending money with other ethnicities. You understand that. But the more, the more money that you can spend in our own community, the better. Like I said, what has Gucci done for your neighborhood? What 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 has it done? Have they they putting up uh, playgrounds? They putting backboards up, you know, in, in the uh, on a basketball court? Are they doing anything, or are they just getting your money, laughing at you, not giving you the service that you deserve and the respect that, you, knowing that you're going to still come back? I use the analogy all the time. You go up to Gucci or whoever, pay them their money. They spit in your face at the counter. Thank you very much. I'll see you next week. Because they know you're dumb enough to keep buying the stuff, even though they don't want your money. Man, I, I'm, I'm, I'm wilding out right now. But, <laughs> but, but I'm serious because this is something, guys, that we have to be cognizant of. And I've said this on the show, but I'm going to say this uh, one more time. So you get paid every other Friday with direct deposit. I'm just using this as an example. Just say you net $1,000 every two weeks or every week, whatever you want to say. So money goes in your account Thursday night, right? (coughs) Excuse me. Friday morning, you get up, get ready to go to work, stop at the gas station. All right. You put in, let's say, $50 worth of gas because you would low, right? All right. Gas stations, probably not black owned, right? Probably not. 
Next, you stop and grab uh, Dunkin' Donuts and some coffee or whatever. You spend, say, 15 bucks over there. That's probably not black-owned. That's $65 out of your $1,000 already. Uh, you ain't even get to work yet. Now you get to work. You go, lunchtime comes. You got paid. Hey, guys, let's go out to lunch. Go out to lunch. Spend, say, $35 on that, right? So that's $100. Ain't even get home yet, right? 100 out of your 1000 now, it's after work, Friday night, just got paid. Yo, let's go out, have some drinks, have some dinner, blah, blah, blah. Spend another $100, and I'm, I'm being light on this, another $100 with drinks and dinner. So you spent $200 of your $1,000 that you got that day, and I guarantee you, which is 20% of what you bought home, and I guarantee you, you ain't spend a dime in a black-owned establishment. Before you even got home that night, you spent 20% of what you bought in that day and didn't spend a dime and didn't think think about spending a dime in a black establishment. It's because we're conditioned that way. So what we first thing we should do is, all right, I may not be able to find a black gas station. I may not be able to find, you know, a, a, a black Dunkin Donuts wherever you're going. But guess what? I buy other things. I buy clothes. I buy toiletries. I, I buy other things that I need. Go on to online shopping, go online, find a black owned business and support them. I buy certain things from black businesses every month on purpose. Sometimes I don't even need them. Right. I'll stock up on stuff. And, but I, I have a couple of stores that I always go to that I'll buy things uh, that are black owned stores. I make sure I, I support my black owned restaurants. Uh, all of my services, I have somebody that comes in and helps out with cleaning. That's a black-owned business. My carpet cleaning is a black-owned carpet cleaner. Uh, my painting, when I need painting done, I go to a black-owned painting company, paint my house and all of that stuff. Uh, my yard guy that does my yard, black-owned. So you got to be more cognizant of where we spend this money, guys. And if we're going to be consumers, which we all have to be, let's start diverting some of those dollars to black-owned businesses for people that look like us, people that care about us, people that have the same issues and concerns and problems that we all have and also help support those businesses. Because if we don't, those businesses are going to go by the wayside because all we're trying to do is look fly and buy products from people and companies that don't give a damn about you. I, I have a, a friend of mine, um, Asian dude, I talked about him before on the show. I went to college with Ben. Multi, his parents are multi-millionaires. They import, export from China. And we had a conversation. This was years ago. And one of the things that he asked me, he was like, yo, man, he said, why don't black folk, and he's, he's in the hip-hop. If you talk to him on the phone, you probably would think he's black. But he's like, man, why don't black folk, why don't y'all stick together? And I said, we do. I said, but I don't think it's ingrained in us as much as it's ingrained in other ethnicities. Number one, you know, obviously the, during the slave days, you know, divide and conquer. That's that's all that's all it's about. You got, you know, the, the cats in the house. You got the cats in the field. You got the, the color of your skin. So people are trying to divide you based on, you know, certain things that that they're trying to control. You know, the old brown bag test. Oh, if you're. If you're darker than this, that's bad. If you're lighter than that, that's good. Closer to white, you are the better. Oh, you work in the field, you're not as smart. You work in the house, you're smarter, which obviously all of these are, are lies and misnomers, but it's all about dividing and conquering. And when you can create that division within a, a community itself and that continues to linger, you ain't, man, we, ain't, we don't have a chance. Oh, black owned businesses aren't as efficient or their products aren't as good as other businesses. Who told you that? And why the hell are you believing it? And so these are the things that unconsciously we're moving through life and we have these ideas. And you got to understand that these ideas were manufactured for a reason. They want you to be on the bottom of the totem pole. That's where you're supposed to be, quote unquote. You are the super consumer and you're going to buy every damn thing that we give you so we can make our wealth off of your backs just like we did in slavery. Slavery's over right now. 
Got, we got the new Jim Crow, which are the prisons, and then we got the super consumer. So if you're in prison, you're making them money. If you're out of prison and you're a super consumer, you're making them money. You're building wealth for everybody else but your damn self. And it's time that we need to focus and be intentional with our actions and with our dollars, weaponizing our dollars, spending money with companies that are doing something for us, spending money with companies that are black owned businesses, people of color, black owned businesses, not spending money with people that aren't doing anything for your community, don't want your money and don't give a damn about you. That's the dumbest thing I have ever heard in my life. Dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. You see people, you know, I, where was I? I was in uh, D.C. this weekend. I see people, what store was it? Uh, was it a Nike store? Some kind of shoes, a uh, sneaker store. I seen cats wrapped around. I don't know what came out this week, but a sh- new shoe must have come out of something. I seen cats wrapped around damn near uh, half a block, right? And I'm like, and all of them were people of color. I might have seen one or two white guys in those lines. But I'm like, all right, somebody must have dropped something new. I don't know what it is. But I'm like, this is super consumer. You're going to stand in that line and you're going to spend your time and your money for to be a super consumer. They love you. <laughs> they love y'all. They love y'all. I'm telling you. They love you. They love you to death because they know it doesn't matter whatever you say or do or they say or do, you still coming back. It's almost like in a relationship. I don't want to digress and I'm going to take take uh, you guys calls in a second. I don't want to digress. But if you're in a relationship and your partner, spouse or whatever lets you do anything you want to do without repercussion, then. The human nature is going to you probably going to do some stuff that you probably wouldn't do if you were with somebody else that would check your behind. But because, you know, they let you get away with it, they have no respect for you. Right. And that's what's happening when it comes down to consumerism. They have no respect for you because they know you're going to buy regardless. I'm telling you, they're laughing at us. Some of these companies, not all companies, but companies don't care about us. They're laughing at us. They don't have to spend advertising dollars. Here's here's another fact, guys. Black-owned media, right? Do you know how little these companies, these major brands, spend in black-owned media? I used to do consulting work uh, for a a black newspaper in Philly, the Philly Tribune, the oldest black-owned newspaper in the country, right, continuously since 18-something. Do you know how little that, and there's an organization called NNPA, National Newspapers Publishers Association, which is all the black newspapers in the U.S. Do you know, and they're fighting to get dollars from Ford and all these other big companies because they know they don't even have to invest in your media because you're going to be watching something on TV and you're going to see the new Jordans out and you're going to buy them anyway. They're not even investing in your black owned media companies to get your attention. They don't have to. That's why. Because you're going to buy the crap anyway. So the NNPA came up with a, uh, I forgot the name of the program. They're like, yo, you got to start. And they were putting pressure on a lot of these organizations. A lot of the car buyers, Ford and GM, you know, those dealers, they put a lot of pressure on that. Yo, you got to spend a certain percentage of your ad dollars with black owned media companies. That's how much they really think about you. They're not, they're not even going to support the black owned media that we, that we watch or that we listen to or that we read because they know it doesn't matter. You think, you think Timberland is going to be on any uh, black TV shows? No, I know we got these nuts already. Well, I ain't even worrying about them. Let's focus on somebody else. And the way we latch on to other people's products to me is ridiculous when we have so many great products and designers in our own community that we could be latching on to. But no, somebody wears a pair of Tim's in a, in a rap video 20 years ago. Now everybody's rocking them and you can go on with the different products. It could be the, the, the crystal. It could be the whatever. Somebody got that in the rap video or, or, or you know, a rapper's wearing this or doing it. Now everybody's buying it, you know, 
But I will give credit to a lot of black entrepreneurs. So when they see things happening, they get into the market. So with, with like Diddy, with Ciroc, with Sean John, he said, hey, look, you know, rock aware. Why, why am I going to have somebody else's clothing in my movies? That's what Dame Dash said. When that's somebody else, the culture vultures. Let me go ahead and create my own clothing line and everything else in the movie. So, hey, I'm part of the culture. Support that. And so that's why we got to be conscious, guys, of what's going on in our community and stop being the super consumer. Because without put without having a stance, without having the fortitude to not buy this stuff, it's going to continue to happen. And I wish we would give the shine to some of these black clothing lines, black designers, black watchmakers, these black you know businesses, period, that we give to these other businesses. So when you talk about the Gucci's, the Prada's, Balenciaga's and all that, these houses or these these couture's have been started 100 years ago, never designed for you, right? Never planning <laughs> to get your dollars because they don't really want your dollars. They'll take them. If you're dumb enough to give it to them, they're going to take it. They're not going to turn the money down, but they're not designed for you. They never were. We're considered second class, unfortunately, second class citizens. But they know that dollar is green that we got in our pocket. They're not going to spend the money to extract the dollar in our community. They're not going to spend money with advertisers to get it because they know we're stupid enough. We're going to give it to them anyway. Why am I going to spend dollars in black media when I don't have to? These nuts is going to buy it anyway. So why would I support black media? So what we're doing, in essence, we're hurting the whole circle or the whole universe of, of, of black commerce by not making these cats invest in, the, in, in our communities, invest in our media. They're just out here saying, yo, we, we just a byproduct. You know, all we got to do is get a couple people wearing our stuff or whatever, and it's a wrap. It's a wrap. Oh, yo, let's, let's, let's holler at, at this rap. Let's holler at Gucci Mane. Let's holler at whoever. You know, give them a little stuff like that. There's always a few that they're going to give stuff to that's going to lead the pack. And then once the pack follows, guess what? They don't care anymore. Man, I'm taking calls. I'm wide open. If, if you want to speak, just hit the phone icon on the bottom right to join the caller queue and hit the mic to unmute yourself, man. I, um, like I said, this is something, man, near and dear to my heart. So I'd love to hear you guys' comments, questions. It could be about this topic or about entrepreneurship in general. Anybody got anything, come on up, man. We wide open. I'm going to grab some water real quick. Wide open. All right. Dang, we ain't got nobody talking on this topic, man. All right, there we go. There we go. We got my man James. Yeah, James, hit your unmute button, man. Yeah, hey, Jay, how you doing? I'm good, bro. What's going on, man? So, um, I'm doing pretty good myself. Good. Um, I've been looking I'm... to... Mm-hmm. Go ahead. What you going to say? No, I was just going to say my blood pressure's up, man, but go ahead. <laughs> no. <Nah. laughs> <laughs> um, so I was actually talking to my wife today about, um, you know, creating a uh, something for our kids, right? So, if we're mm-hmm. in this for ourselves, we want, you know, we want to kind of pass it on to our children. Right. How do you go about creating that brand when I know that I, well, not necessarily creating the brand itself, but how do you go get your, your people or our people to invest in, you know, the brands that we create when I know me personally mm-hmm. going out there, I do feel like, okay, there's, I'm in North Carolina. There's a black love expo coming up in September. Okay. And I wanted to, I mean, I was going to get a table there and everything, but the thing about this, everything seems to be so overpriced. Now we don't have the resources we need. Or or what? Because it may, it, it's a turnoff because it's not the, as accessible. Um, so you mean the products that are going to be there are going to be more expensive, or the actual table and stuff to be a vendor? Would it? Would, would you? But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. So so here here's what you're probably looking at. <clears throat> Excuse me. So when you're and I've done these type of events. So when you're when you're doing one of these expos, you know, obviously you want to first thing you want to do is break even, and that's by table. Um, but you do need to make it affordable enough for the vendors to be able to be profitable on the, on the vendor side. Uh, once again, they spent for the table, whatever that, you know, investment is. So if they're selling, you know, uh, $10 trinkets or bracelets or whatever, they're probably going to have to jack prices up a little bit just to break even. And, and I don't think it's, 
it's necessarily that they're trying to gouge you. I think it's a, a matter probably of profitability. They want the exposure. And uh, it's just like I, I always talk about the two stores, the Chinese store on the corner and the black store on the corner. Chinese are buying in bulk because they have a, a cooperative or an association. So when they buy their potato chips, they're buying as a group. So their price is going to be lower. The black guy store owner over here is buying by himself. So when he buys the wrap snacks, they're going to be at a higher cost than the, the Chinese cooperative. And he, in turn, is going to have to sell it for a little higher price to be able to be profitable. So that may be a, a function, too. Um, what, when it, what is the date of that, man? You remember? That's uh, September, I want to say it's September 12th. What are they, what are they charging for, for a booth or a table? So they're charging $200 a table. Okay. And um, for the collect for for what I have the business I have set up for the kids, mm-hmm. they're not really making any money yet because it's you know it's an idea right. and you know but I do everything in house. I do my own graphic design. I do okay. all that and everything. So what kind of business is it? It's going to be a clothing line. Okay. All right. Cool. Cool. Uh, what, what's your what's the I don't like to call it a hook, but what's the the underlying essence of the clothing line? Um. Uh, well, it's, so you got the clothing line. It's beyond barriers. Okay. Cool. Gotcha. And and that is meaning that you unstoppable. You can do anything. And so I'm I'm assuming the some of your slogans, wordings, you got T shirts, hats and all that stuff. Yes. Okay. All right. Gotcha. So here's one of the things that I will tell you. Um, you know, I'm a big proponent of of solving a problem or, or working on something that you're passionate about. If there's tons of clothing lines out there. So if you can attach that clothing line to a mission mm-hmm. uh, or a cause, right? So, um, and here's an example when, and, and I don't know uh, if you, you notice or not, but uh, I lost my, my son at 17 months old due to brain cancer, right? Mm-hmm. So my son would have been 21. My middle, my middle child, Erica would have been 20 is 23. And my oldest tail is 26, just turned 26. Long story short. So, I created a uh, a water ice company, which is like an Italian ice business. And my daughters and I went out to a minor league stadium and we and I created they were 10 and 7 at the time. And I I created the business for them so they could learn how to create their own money. And one of the things that we did, it was called uh, AJ's Water Ice. So my son is Aaron Jones. So AJ's Water Ice and 10 percent of our profits used to go to the National Children's Cancer Society. So we tied, you know, doing business in with doing good. So if you can connect that that business to something just like Tom's shoes, you know, or some of these socks companies that give away that makes it more than just a clothing line. Right. Mm-hmm. More than just that has that has a lot of weight. Right. So um, I saw you're, you're familiar with St. Jude's Children's Hospital. Yes. All right. So you ever see the T-shirts they have? So they they have T-shirts that say this T-shirt saved somebody's life. So really, they're selling T-shirts, but they're overpriced T-shirts, but they use those funds to actually support the hospital. So if you can connect something greater than a T-shirt to that mission, then I think that you can stand out in the crowd. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So and whatever that is, it could be something. It could be something local. Right. Um, you know, and it could be just, you know, a percentage of our proceeds go towards, uh, the local YMCA boys club, you know what I mean? Scholarships, books, books for underprivileged students or book bags, anything like that, that makes it stand out from the crowd because there's a lot of noise out there. And so you got to be able to cut through the noise. And I think if you're socially conscious um, that makes a big difference, uh, but you got to somehow separate yourself from that or hire a hell of a lot of uh, good influencers <laughs> that's wearing your product. You know what I mean? How old, how old are your kids, man? Uh, five, <coughs> seven, wait, no, five, eight, nine. And that, that's right. Yeah, okay, yeah, you said that before. Yeah, but no, those are good ages. So I got my girls working 10 and 7. They wanted Uggs. They wanted all of this expensive stuff. All right, let's figure out how, how we can make some money. Let's figure this out. And I committed to it. I invested $7,000 in a cold cart, got it all wrapped, AJ's, world famous water ice, did all of that. But I did that to to show them that this is how you can create money. 
you can create it out literally out of thin air. Now, of course, they didn't have the money to invest, but I bought them in and I, I created that business just for them, mm-hmm. you know. And so you once you start, matter of fact, with your kids in school, and that was another thing. My kids had a T-shirt business before that. Mm-hmm. And they didn't sell a whole lot, but they were selling to their friends in school. Now with social media, especially with your 13-year-old, mm-hmm. you know, the, um, that that's the way to move that product too. Gotcha. You know? okay. Yeah, yeah. Hope that helped, man. But definitely okay. look at something a little deeper that may bring organization. Oh, I'm going to tell you something else too, uh, real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, this may help. You may want to partner with an organization uh, I put on a an outdoor movie night, and I partnered with uh, DuPont Hot Children's Hospital in Delaware, and I put an outdoor movie night on, and I split the profits with DuPont Children's Hospital, and we probably made, and I, I was just trying something to see if it worked, probably did about $30,000 in two nights. For a big movie night, we had vendors out there that had food, big screen up there. We showed two movies on a Friday night and a Saturday night, Under the Stars. And we we got supported by DuPont Children's Hospital. This was years ago. But they had a database. And it was an event that kids and everybody could come to. You know, the movies were like PG-rated movies. So if you can connect or partner with an organization a cause or something else, like I said, that makes it deeper than just a, a t-shirt brand or whatever. Um, that should definitely help you out. Okay. Okay. Cool. I appreciate it, Jeff. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Appreciate you checking in, brother. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Uh any other questions, comments, guys? Um, we wide open. It could be about the show, it could be a general question or whatever. Uh, what do y'all think about being a super consumer? What you going to do about it? How you going to change it? What's up? Nobody? Where's my man? All right, there we go. I knew somebody was coming on. All right, let's go. We got Brother Frank first, then Brother Adonis. Brother Frank, hit that unmute button, bro. Yeah, how's it going, brother? I'm good, man. How you making out, bro? Oh, pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, good. man. I was I was guilty of being a super consumer. Uh, <laughs> we all were, man. Since a teenager, you know? Yeah. Because we know, don't think uh, about it. Yeah, yeah. you know, going, mm-hmm. to, going, to, going to school, you know, it was mm-hmm. cool to, 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 to put your bags in the, in the footlocker bag. Yeah. You know, uh, yep. you know it, it, it transgressed into the, to adulthood, you know. That's it. Yeah. We, I think we're all guilty of it, myself included. <laughs> you know, it's just when the light bulb went off, I'm like, man, we got to start trying to make, you know, trying to at least divert a, more of a portion of our funds over to the black-owned businesses. You know what I mean? And we'll yeah. never be able to get 100%. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, yeah. man. Yeah, when, when you get, you know, you, you got this nice, this nice looking car, and mm-hmm. uh, but you can't afford to go nowhere. Right. You know? <laughs> can't put the gas in it, right? Yeah, you, you know. Yeah. And, uh, look, and, and on the radio stations now, you know, uh, it's income tax time. Yep. So if you turn on the radio station, uh, you look like after every other, every other song, you know, they got a rim. They got a rim commercial. <laughs> Get that tax money back. That's yeah, it. That's know, it. Every other, every other song, every other commercial is about some rims or, you know, about something consuming, you know? Yeah. And, you know, and, and they, they know that, uh, that's, that's what we're going to, that's where we're going, you know, yeah. money, you know? Brother. So, uh, I think once we, you know, uh, you know, it took me a while, you know, yeah. it took me a while, but it, and it, it, it takes a while to get out of that hole once you, once you start getting into that hole, you know, Definitely. but, um, you know, as far as your credit and, you know, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I know when I first went to college, you know, they, they used to have, you know, tents out, you know, yeah. master, master, master <laughs> car, I got caught up, brother. <laughs> this I, I told this story on air before, but for those of you who, have, who haven't heard it, this is how dumb I was, right? <laughs> I had a, a Chase MasterCard, and same thing, you know, especially you you and Kyle's first, first couple of weeks, they got them tents out there. I said, man, I'm 18, and my parents, you know, they didn't teach me a damn thing about credit, right? Same, same here. They didn't teach me a damn thing. So I made sure with my my girls, man, my kids, I'm, I was on top of that. Man, I got a $500 limit, and this is the dumb stuff I bought. So I'm I'm up I'm in the run DMC area era. 
I go and buy two Adidas sweatsuits and a <laughs> pair of a top ten Adidas sneak high top sneakers. I spent like three hundred and seventy five dollars the second day I had the car. By I mean, about three months, man, that thing got charged off because I didn't have the money to pay the bill. Stupid, <laughs> bro. Stupid. You know? Yeah, man. I had I bought two sweatsuits and a pair of sneakers. You yeah. know? It's dumb, man. It's just. But once again, I wasn't enlightened. That point of enlightenment didn't hit me yet where I'm yeah. like, yo, man. You know? And, and the crazy thing is anybody ever looked at, and I know there's some younger cats on here, but that, you know, My Adidas by Run DMC. The song, um, they the only way they got Adidas to sponsor them is they had to bring the fly the Adidas execs in to a concert at Madison Square Garden, and when they sang my Adidas, bump bump, you know, and everybody he said hold up your Adidas, everybody held up the Adidas, and the Adidas company saw how much uh, you know power that they had to be able to brand, and that's the only way that they got to deal with Adidas. So Adidas saw that they had run DMC, you know, every time you see him, that's all they wore was Adidas hat, sneaks, sweatsuits. And so they, Adidas saw it, but it took them a long time for them to really come around and start, uh, start sponsoring, uh, run DMC and doing stuff with them. But, uh, but yeah, man. So I made that credit mistake too, bro. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was weighing, man. I was like, oh my god, I started out with bad credit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah they, they, they catch you with that version credit, you know. Yeah, you know, they catch you as soon as you, you hit there, you know. Yep. And, and look, before you know it, you, you, you third, <laughs> your third is paying it off. <laughs> yeah, luckily mine was only five hundred dollars, man. You know, I eventually, and what I, I eventually, you know, I paid it off. But obviously, I had a ding on, you know, credit card charged off after about, yeah, it was about four or five months. So I was like, oh, then my mom was like, man, what's, oh, yeah, I should have talked to you about credit. Yeah, you should have. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <Nah. laughs> but so, I know Cass, man, used to, I mean, go, go, go from one tent, to, went from one tent to the next, man. That's uh, it. From, from the MasterCard <laughs> to the American Express. Look, and, and after that, straight to the mall. That's you know, it. That's but, what uh, I did, bro. But the only thing I can do now, you know, uh, is, is teach, is teach my, you know, my my stepson. You know, he mm-hmm. go, going going to the mail. Yep. You know, and, and, and give me the mail, and, and you know, uh, they have a couple of them. Yeah, you've been pre-approved for this, been pre-approved exactly. for that. I said, put all that in the trash. <laughs> you know, and, and then I, exactly. Then I explain to him. I explain to him why. You know. Yeah. You yep. know, uh, explain to them why I tell them to put it in the trash, you know, and yeah, you know, the you know, uh, credit this came, you know. Well, we, I learned, man, so it was funny. So when my kids uh, went to college, um, they, I had them on a joint, uh, joint card with me to help build up their credit. And so yeah. I knew if they overspend, or I mean, they, and they were good. They would only buy stuff if they needed. They wouldn't be out there using it, going to bars and all of that stuff. But, yeah. um. And that way, so when they came out of college, they would have good credit, and they won't need dad to co-sign for no apartment or cars or none of that stuff. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so I learned the hard way, and I, man, that was one of the first things I was I told them, my girls, man, about credit. Don't jack it up. No. Nope. You know, if possible. <laughs> and if and sometimes things happen, and yeah. so you can always, uh, you know, you can always make a comeback. You yeah. know, with that recession and every, you know, especially with the coronavirus, man. So, oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. yeah. People losing everything, man. Exactly. You know, yeah, bro. All right, yeah. Jim, okay. brother. All right, man. Appreciate you, bro. No problem. All right. All right. Get my, man, all right, bro. I'm going to get a dinosaur on here. All right. Let's see. All right. Brother Dallas, hit that unmute, man. What's up, Jay? I'm good, bro. How are you, man? Doing all right. All right. All right. That's what's up. I got I got two questions for you. Yes, sir. Um, the first one is: um, Is your podcast still on Spotify? Because I hadn't seen. Man, the okay, it is. It's on. Well, you know what's funny? I just put it on Spotify. Okay, but for some reason, man, um, somebody else hit me up too. Um, they were saying on TuneIn Radio. Uh, let me see Spotify. I mean, I know it goes out there. I know. Stitcher and iTunes, they it always comes out on time, five a.m. Uh, like clockwork. Sometimes okay. uh, TuneIn Radio and Spotify for some reason, 
it doesn't come out, you know, when it's supposed to come out. So what and I'm glad you mentioned that. If you want to make sure you catch the episode, you can just go to the site, blackentrepreneurblueprint.com, the latest episodes. And a lot of times I will actually have the, the audio up on Friday. Um, so you, you can go, if you go to the main website and look for the latest episodes, that episode will be up on Friday a lot of times, but it'll drop on all your major podcast platforms on Monday. But, uh, yeah, I, I got to check that cause literally somebody, uh, emailed me today about, uh, tune in radio. So I gotta, I gotta definitely check and make sure. Yeah, it was. Uh, that's the, where you uh, normally look. That's where you normally listen to yeah, it. Yeah, on Spotify. I've always listened to you on Spotify. Oh, okay. What happened was, you know, when you was advertising heavily the uh, the couple that is on, uh, I think HGTV or yeah, um, mm-hmm. that episode never came out. Really? All right. Yeah. I gotta get and on then that. I was like, okay, uh, which was last week, I believe. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, Three ninety six. Yeah. So yep. I, I'm looking at it right now. Your last episode on Spotify is February seventh, and that was a uh, three ninety five. So, yeah, you know what? Exactly. Somebody else said that on TuneIn too. It was three ninety five. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. I'll check. I'm glad you, you you mentioned that, man. I'll check. I'll definitely check that out and see what's going on with my host because uh, I use Libsyn to host it, mm-hmm. and it's supposed to be going out, you know, every Monday morning. So I'll definitely check that, man. I appreciate that. Oh yeah, yeah, no yeah, yeah, yeah. What, so, what else you got, man? The next one. All right, so I had a phone call in the middle of you, you doing your podcast. So I'm, I, okay. I might have missed out. That's all right, but I'm gonna go back and listen. Okay. But, um. So I have uh, you know, my uh, employees like 401k pensions and stuff like that, and I'm about to get rolled over. Um, right. To like self-directed IRA, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um. What are some of the things you recommend? on uh like going forth with investments on that um well you know man i'm a big uh hit well you you young right so you know you if you're if you're in the market you want to this is my my merrill lynch coming out you want to be a little more aggressive right yeah, so you're looking yeah. for income income mm-hmm. well more growth than income so uh i don't i don't i do do some individual stocks right now but most of my stuff when it comes to securities is in mutual funds. And I also have some old bonds that I've just had for years that I just, I let them roll over. So I look at mutual funds, man. Um, now you know, you can invest in real estate from your, from your, your, uh, retirement, right? Right. And yeah. That's what I was <laughs> for. Um, how, how I had it break down sort of in my brain was I was going to use uh, probably 50% of it for real mm-hmm. estate. Right. But when I find something, not and not in a rush at all right now. But right. Yeah. When I find something, uh, and then I was gonna probably do at least twenty or thirty percent into stocks. I've already have a my own individual brokerage. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I was gonna put like twenty percent of it in there, that way I can get more of the EFTs or maybe some of the individual stocks. Uh, right. That I I wanted that are a little bit higher, like the Teslas and Google stuff like that. That mm-hmm. I. Have. Um, so I and stuff you're familiar that. with, man, you know, stuff yeah. that you, you know, that you, you use all the time, like Apple and yeah. or Microsoft, like I already got some of those in my individual thing, but you know, obviously with this influx of money that could come in, I can really expand my portfolio. Right. But right. I know of, you know, it's other, like you said, the, uh, um, uh, the market funds, um, other little things. Everybody has like their own thing. They tell you to look into. I was yeah. like, what would be some of the things you do? Invest yeah. some of it back into the business. Crypto. I, I do a little, I do a little crypto. I, you know, I put it in there and we'll, I'm not, I'm not looking for any major returns right away. So I'm just, I put some money in crypto. Usually, uh, I got this auto. It comes out automatically. Like every week I put X amount of bucks in crypto. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't even look at it really too much until uh like i said that's just a long play for me um uh, but yeah in real estate uh and man once again uh you know me in, in product too man depending upon what you, if you're doing a physical product or your business mm-hmm. you know definitely want to invest in that and then you never can go wrong with real estate if you if you if you're doing it right you know what right. I mean? yeah so but uh yeah man so uh i appreciate you man you're the second person man that 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 
got on me, man, about, yeah, I'm, I'm sitting here looking at my stuff as we speak. And I'm like, yo, it said it went out to Spotify. I'm telling you, you know, the way you advertise, about yeah, and that was a real estate. I was like, man, so you imagine me Monday, like, yeah, like what happened, man? Man, so yeah, you had it done. So I was like, man, so then when I saw this week, nothing came out. I knew like something, something right. Something so, so yeah, but it, it, I, I'm looking at my Spotify and it's, it's saying that the feed went through. Uh, yeah, but I, I tell you the biggest ones are Stitcher and Apple Podcasts, okay. you know, I too, they're always, they come out on them right on time, man. Okay. So, but, but I gotta, I appreciate that. Cause I'm gonna definitely check with my, my guys when I, as soon as I get off the phone, make sure something, you know, what's going on over there. But yeah, I just looked on Spotify. I didn't see it yet. Yeah, 395 was my last one on that. Yeah. 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 Appreciate that, man. All right, appreciate brother. Appreciate everything, Mr. J. Uh, yeah, talk to you, brother. Appreciate it. All right, let me get my man Belvin up here, man. All right. What's up, bro? Hey, how you doing? I'm hanging in there, man. What you up to? Man, you got me checking my stats on my podcast, <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what's – man, I'm looking, I'm looking at my feed right here, and it's like, yeah, went to – it yeah. went to all of them, but I don't know what's going on, man. Yeah, my podcast on Buzzsprout, so I'm trying to make sure it's, it's you know. But, you know, the main ones I use is Apple and, and uh, Google products, but it's listed on Spotify and Amazon yeah. Music and all the rest of them that, that go through. But that's good, man. But, yeah, yeah. I, I came in on the back end on, on yours, man, mm-hmm. running into stuff here on, in the business. But, yeah, you know. As I, we always state, man, I, I feel that the super consumer is because we don't know the power of ownership. Exactly. <laughs> and that exactly. is the reason why, you know, you're, uh, we're so, we're chasing materialistic items and consumers. Yeah. And when you start learning how to be an owner, and it's not about how much money you have, it's how, how your money works for you. Exactly. That's the thing about it. It's not, it's not, you know, I come from the Midwest mm-hmm. where it used to be a claim to fame. Oh, I worked a double today. You know, right. I worked it. I was like, who cares, man? You, mm-hmm. When you start exchanging time for money, that's when you know that you're on the wrong end of this. You right. know, uh, I saw this famous, uh, this meme where this guy was talking about that. And uh, basically this guy said, uh, uh, he's, he, you know, he's at this power plant, worked Worked a double and everything, you know, mm-hmm. patting his chest. And this guy said, I just made uh, more than you made in a week and 20 minutes. <laughs> and by, exactly. you know, <laughs> oh, damn. Now, who's the better person? It's working smarter, not harder. And right. I think, you know, a lot of us got to learn how to make our money work for us. Right. And it's not about just getting a big salary because I know some people who start off with 30000 out of college, if you don't have debt, if you don't have, uh, you know, all those expenses and learn how to make it, mm-hmm. shoot, you can turn that into anything. Exactly. So. Exactly. That's that's real talk right there, bro. Yeah. That is, that's real talk, man. So because, uh, yeah, and I think we just need to be able to be, you know, more focused. And a lot of it, it, it really depends on our, our saving habits or, and obviously the spending habits and uh, to be able to build that wealth, man. What they always say, it ain't what you make is what you keep, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and, and that's, you know, my step pop, man, he was old school with that, man. He was like, yeah, man, you know, I don't care what bill is due. You keep X amount of your money <laughs> in your pocket, right? right. Yeah, I was like, all right, that makes yeah. sense. That makes yeah. sense. They you even know? got a book called Pay Yourself First. Pre- that's but, right. Yeah. Uh, but I, I tell you, too, man, it's like uh, what I see out there is, what I see is just, you know, people say, always put, you know, don't have a whole bunch of money just laying around in the bank. You know, right. of course, have your emergency thing. Yeah. You got to have that money working. And, uh, you know, this, people say, well, you know, the market's down. This is a buying season. Exactly. If you ain't, you know, this, you got to take advantage of this market going down. Yep. That's what smart money's doing. Yeah. That's what smart money's doing, man. I, I tell you, if I could have gone back, unfortunately, I was affected so badly by that financial collapse in 2008. But if I would have had, if, if you know, as a mortgage uh, broker uh, shop, you know, I I got killed. But if I would have had money and was in a different industry, man, you know, I'd have bought up so much real estate, bro. It would have been crazy, man, uh, at that time because everything was on sale. Man, I'm everything laughing at this, man. Sale. I get a call every 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 day. 
for somebody trying to buy my house cash. Uh, what? Cash, uh, I hear you, bro. They yeah, are, man. Maybe you can take it, man. You can move to Costa Rica or something, man. One of your <laughs> right. Hey, that's the only way because if you sell it, then you didn't write it. You better use that money. You're going to you know, get right back into that market, market. at a higher price. Yeah, what, exactly. That's yeah. what my wife would say. Oh, we should sell it. I was like, yeah, and go where? Yeah, and go yeah. where? Where you going right. to go? Exactly. I, mean, <laughs> I got a few buddies that's doing it, but they're taking the risk, hoping that it'll be a big drop. But, you know, right. you know that's a risk, man. It's a big risk, man. Yeah, so. Unless you're going to downgrade. So Yeah, and that's, that's the thing, man. Man, hey, quick question, man. You got an Apple Watch, man? No, I don't have an Apple Watch. Uh, I literally, mine just came, right? And I'm yeah. like, damn, I thought this thing would be a little bigger than this, man. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, man, this thing look kind of small, man. But I, I, I play with it a little bit and see what's what with it. Yeah, I, am, I, I did the Fitbit thing, man. I got the Fitbit. That's what my so, wife got, the Fitbit. Yeah, yeah. yeah she's, she loves that. And uh, I'm like, all right, but I, I'm doing this this Apple Watch and see what's going on. Everybody else talking about it. So I said, all right, let me go. But the crazy thing, man, this Fitbit, I was thinking about doing the Apple Watch too, but I got this Fitbit, you know, I'm trying to get myself together, keep keep myself in shape. Right. But shoot, you can, you can answer the phone and everything with this too. So Oh, the know. Fitbit too? Yeah. Oh, well, you know what? My wife, I, she's cheap, so she probably bought one of the, the lower <laughs> the lower end Fitbit. My wife is cheap as hell. She don't... Man, it's usually the other way around. Man, you, I you know. I know. <laughs> I know. I, she, my wife got it good, man. You know, she can come home with my dinner. No. <laughs> you know, that's what's up, man. Oh, man. I, I appreciate up, you, man. brother. All right, man. You have uh, a good one. Okay. Talk to you, bro. All righty. All right, guys. We got anybody else? We cool? Any questions, comments? And uh, I want to thank Adonis again, man. I'm, 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 as soon as I get off the phone, bro, I got to call and check out all these uh, platforms and make sure the show is getting out there, man. All right, guys, I appreciate you. And um, like I said, see you guys next week, same time. Also, don't forget, if you do not see the latest podcast episode on, on the major platforms, you can always go to blackentrepreneurblueprint.com on the homepage. It'll say latest uh, podcast episodes. And a lot of times I'll actually have the audio version of that up on even on a Friday or Saturday before the show drops. So you can always go to the website and check it out there. All right, guys, I'll see you next week. Peace.